Um, Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for being present with us um, today as you promised. Um, I just ask that you sort of calm me down this morning. I'm a little more nervous than normal. And may the truth be spoken and received. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, I'm nervous because I'm not overly prepared. Um, I'll have to be honest with you. I actually asked for this chapter in Galatians. And I thought to myself, how hard could it be to tell y'all about a bunch of dim-witted Galatians? (laughs) I think it was easier to teach Leviticus. Um, As I was delving into Galatians, the Holy Spirit was teaching me many things, not the least of which was that Paul could have been saying to me, Oh, foolish Natalie, who has bewitched you? Now, I'm not pondering getting circumcised any day soon. (laughs) But the truth is, I can let false belief, really unbelief, creep into my mind and into the practical living of biblical doctrines that I hold very dear. I could rightly and convincingly speak to y'all about the truth of the doctrines by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone, using Scripture as the highest authority alone, to the glory of God alone. I'd fall on a sword for them. But if I'm being transparent, I have a tendency to turn the volume up on some doctrines and down on others, depending on my circumstance. So unlike the Galatians, I'm not really wavering on how the Lord saved me or whether um, I needed to do something good to add to my salvation. Um, But like the Galatians, I don't always live like a Christ follower. And one of the ways this manifests itself into my life is kind of like the Pharisee on the steps of the temple in Luke 15, you know, his prayer where he's going, Oh, Lord, thank you that I'm not like that adulterer or that tax collector, and I mean I tithe and I fast. I think I have too high of opinion of myself. I have a mental checklist of things. Am I, what am I doing here? I'm kind of having problems. Um, I, I have a mental checklist of things that I think, think make me better than another person. It's not that doing good things or not doing the bad things is wrong. Of course, the Lord wants us to be honest and just and faithful and disciplined. But the sinful part is the pride and a critical spirit that arises from thinking like this. And if I'm being honest, if I take the law the way it was intended, I'm guilty of every one of those things. All those people that I think I'm so much better at that, I'm just the same. And there's a flip side to that performance barometer, and it kind of goes like this. She is so much more spiritual than me. Her prayers are more eloquent her self-control more evident, and her knowledge more extensive. And I'm just not good enough to teach or to pray or advise. I'm afraid that I won't look good, that I'll stumble over my words, or that my lack of discipline will be the subject of conversations behind my back. That, my friends, is also pride. Sometimes I feel like I have Megan Trainer singing, It's All About the Grace, in one ear, and Dolly Parton singing 9 to 5 in the other. (laughs) 
How exactly do I keep the volume up on extravagant grace without turning down the volume on Christ's teaching? If you love me, you will do my commandments. I mean, which is it? Come and rest or come and die? Well, it's not either or. It's both and. When I was studying Galatians, one of the things that stood out to me was the phrase, in Christ. I noticed it appeared five times just in the chapter that we studied this week. So I thought, that might be significant. And I looked it up, and Paul uses the phrase, in Christ, in its various forms, over 160 times in his letters. And I thought, huh, what does in Christ mean? In verse 3 of Galatians, in verse 27 of Galatians 3, Paul states that as many as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Oh, so Christ himself has clothed me and covered my sin. And in verse 2, he asks the Galatians if they received the Spirit by word, by works, or by faith. And I thought, I mean, I think I know what he's talking about, that Spirit. But what is he talking about, and why is it so crucial? Remember when Christ was back on earth after he had been um, resurrected, and he was with the disciples for those 40 days, and he was getting ready to ascend. And they were pretty sad about it because they had just gotten him back, and they didn't want to let go of him again. And he said, listen, I'm telling you, it is better if I go. It is to your advantage that I go. Because when I go, I'm going to send you the helper. And I can imagine that they were going, the helper? What's the helper? We don't, they don't, we don't want the helper. We want you. And But what he was saying is, you're getting me. And I'm not going to be walking alongside of you. I'm going to be dwelling in you. That is the spirit that, that he's talking about. In Jeremiah 31, 33 uh, God says, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Well, that's really good news, that God sent his spirit to dwell in us, if we're his. And he is the one that now writes his laws on our hearts, if we are in him. That is what Paul's talking about when he says they receive the Spirit through faith. So as believers, we are in Christ. Christ is in us. Jesus explains this mystery in John 15, saying this, And by, abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, it is he that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. So then faith in Christ, through faith in Christ, he dwells in us and provides the lifeblood that we need, not only to rest in the forgiveness of our sins, but also to lay down our lives and bear fruit and follow him. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this. This is kind of a long quote, so try to track with me. The cross is laid on every Christian. The first Christ suffering which every man must experience is the call to abandon the attachments of this world. It is that dying of the old man which is the result of an encounter with Christ. 
As we embark on discipleship, we surrender ourselves in union with his death. We give over our lives to death. Thus it begins. The cross is not a terrible end to an otherwise God-fearing and happy life, but it meets us at the beginning of our communion with Christ. When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. And we know that, that if God began a good work in us, he is faithful to complete it. Jerry Bridges says this, No one man can attain any degree of holiness without God working in his life, but just as surely no one will attain it without any effort on his part. God has made it possible for us to walk in his holiness, but he has given us the responsibility of doing the walking. My oldest daughter went to Covenant College, and while she was there, she had a professor. His name was Dr. Henry Krabendon. He's a Bible professor, and he has a saying that's become a favorite of ours in our family, and it's the truth. God can suck honey from poison, and I really like that because he's the one that can make us walk in all of the good things that he's given us to do. Now, to him who is able to keep you to keep you from stumbling, to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forevermore. Amen. All right, I'm going to pray for us real quick. Lord, I thank you for this time together. I know it was short, but I hope that your truth was spoken and received. Um, Help us, Lord. Help us to walk in your holiness. We thank you that you can suck honey from poison. We thank you that you have dwelled within us and given us your very spirit. The very spirit of Christ himself dwells in us if we are in him. And for that, we will be ever grateful. Help us to live like we believe it more and more. In Christ's name, amen.